Max Gorlin, Melbourne Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club. Trent Cochin from the Richmond Footy Club. Scott Benderbury from the Collingwood Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows. This is Tom Mitchell from the Hawthorne Footy Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hey, friends, you got MJ from the Coaches Panel. I hope you're well. We're nearly a dozen rounds into your fantasy footy season. The buys are fast approaching. And the cows are starting to leave the green grass. Yeah, I can't think of how to run that analogy any further. There is a lot, though, to talk about on this episode. Joining me as he does every few weeks, I've got Kane back. Hello, mate. How are you? Very good, MJ. Very well. Busy time of year, as always. A lot mm. of super coach, dream team, AFL fantasy theories and strategies all get put into the pot around this time. And there's always a lot of content and a lot of things to think through. Yeah, a lot to discuss. And you know, it's a big, important episode when we bring in the heavy artillery cane on these episodes. Uh, We've got Rids, fellow co-founder, 2020 DT champion and favourite pot stirrer. Hello, mate. How are you? Yo, how you going? I'm good, man. All right. All right, lads. There's a lot to get to. Heading into round 10, two weeks away from the multi-buy rounds a week and a half away from the next batch of DPPs hitting into Supercoach Dream Team and AFL Fantasy. And on current trend, Bailey Smith, Marcus Bonson-Pelly are looking promising. A couple of heavy mid-games and they're out, but it looks like we will get some really important names. We will talk about them over the next week or so. But over the weekend, An unfortunate incident occurred for fantasy coaches. I've written an article that's online now for us at coachespanel.tv, but I'm talking about the injury to Jack Steele. Out for a minimum of six weeks, potentially up to two months. Uh, That is a trade. I I suppose, Rids, maybe I'll start with you on this one. Rather than a specific player people should be going to get, for the 30 40% of coaches across the formats, um, maybe 30 is probably a closer rounding. What should coaches be looking to do? Is it just a simple grab the best premium on a buy? Is it maximize the dollars? How should we be viewing the Jack Steele trade out situation for his owners? So first thing they should be doing is seeing this as an opportunity. Okay. So the first one is it's an opportunity to uh, realign to someone that you've always liked or it's a chance to an opportunity to realign your team to a better buy structure. Cause like Jack Steele's got the round 12 buy anyway. Yep. So he was going to miss in a week or so. Um, so the thing is, if you're heavy in round 12, then you can actually go and do a bit of analysis on your team and work out where your team actually fits and who you should mm. be targeting. I like how people always seem to um, navigate to the same person. I think there's a lot of group thinking this with social media and everything where people go, oh, what about so-and-so? Oh, what about so oh, Laird and Mills are the popular two names, let's be and honest. And that's fine. But I yeah. mean, and for good reason. They've been great. But they're yeah. going to, like, in a, per, in a world, okay, they're going to cost you coin, like, to go from yeah. steel to them. So yeah. across any of the formats. So if you don't have that coin sitting there already, or if you had plans that you were going to have through the buys or whatever, however it works or pre pre buy, that's going to affect you, you know? So that could Mm. potentially be a two trade move to get rid of steel this week. And that's going to be where it becomes really, you know, tricky. Does it mean that breaks your future planning, you know, and we're only talking short-term future planning in this 
yep. instance. Um, and is the, the guy, like, I mean, there's a chance here where you can actually break the structure of what you've already created in your team and the whole year's worth of planning. If you start going a premium mid and you've only and you've got a certain number and you go jump in on a forward or a defender a week before we learn who the new forwards and defenders potentially mm. are, like, I mean, does that mean that you're going to use another trade to get another guy in? I mean, do you complete your team? Can you get down to a guy? Like, I mean, in AF, for instance, okay, going to a sarong might be a mm -hmm. good option this week, free up 100,000 or 200,000 and actually upload, you know, a one of the fat rooks to someone else might be an option. Um, again, it all depends on how you play it and all depends on the makeup of your team. So that's where it gets a bit tricky. So Kane, so Rids is obviously talking about buys and, and makeup of your team. Is this also the one last opportunity before the buys to get the guy you feel you've missed? Maybe, maybe not so much at the peak price guy, but has there been a guy that, that has hurt you along the way? Is this your opportunity to grab them? Or is that then starting to break process and plans for how you should view it? Hurt is always an interesting one, MJ, because it usually implies they've had a great run of Correct. form. And I think yeah. a lot of people in the last few weeks realize what happens when you pay top, top dollar. Mm -hmm. Even the best players have to come back down to earth. And, you know, Max Gorm is that type of person, wasn't he? Where people moved heaven and earth to get him in. Yeah. And again, he is a great player, but no one sustains... You know, that. that's why it's a run of form. You know, it ebbs and flows. Some of the players don't have that variation. Some of them are really consistent. Um, you know, it was unfortunate what happened with Gorn in terms of he sustained a bit of an injury, was nursed yeah. through the game. If you watch the West Coast game, I think a lot of people were disappointed in their Melbourne premiums. But the unfortunate thing for the way, I guess, the game script was is West Coast held on to the ball when they got yeah. it. And then when Melbourne got it, it was so direct. There was, was no real possession. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't, you know, Max Gorn is that guy that, you know, when Melbourne's really in you know, arm wrestle, they go down the line, he takes a big pack grab, you know, repeat from a stoppage or in a clearance. It, yeah. it just wasn't that game, you know, no. in, in a scoring sense, it was almost too easy where, you know, the big dogs outside of Petrarca didn't really have to carry the team. It was a very mm. much a team. It was quite clinical. And again, like when they played Port, when the team sort of hogging the ball to, I guess, reduce the amount of time the game is played, you get yeah. some weird scoring. So my point being, value is still value. King. And this is what we always say. One decision, you might think it's a 50-50. Mm. The hard thing about this game is it always has a ripple effect the following week. Yes. If you pay up big dollars and you pick, just say it's a Laird over a Brayshaw, Yep. You might think, well, that's that's only 70K. But then coach, what yeah. happens the next week, you're with a dilemma and you're saying, well, actually, I can't consider those guys that are 70K more because mm. I spent it on lead. Last you know? week. And, that, and, and yeah. that might be the right decision. The hard thing is you have to make a call on every player. From here on, I think lead is going to do 120. Mm -hmm. I think Brayshaw is going to do 110. Is that cash difference worth it? who is my target the following week? And that's why it gets really interesting. Mm. I think, go ahead, Ritz. And I was just going to jump in and say, like, I mean, 
you look at the flavour of the week, okay, from week to week, I mean, it wasn't so long ago people were talking up Ben Keys as, you know, the foolproof mid. Yeah, the bulletproof so mid, yeah. We're talking about Brayshaw as the bulletproof mid. People with Oliver, Petrarca, everyone's sure. pretty much, you know, the Petrarca came and went 140, 140 in the first He was always going to have a good hit game too, wasn't he? Yeah, but I mean, there are moments in time. Mills only had a 70 only two weeks A fortnight ago. or so ago, yeah. Yeah, you know. So, I mean, it comes and flows. And now, if I said to you, though, MJ, who do you feel averages more for the from now to the end of the year? Is it Ollie Wides or is it Rory Led? let's just say? Okay. I don't think there's much between the two. No, but depending on the format, I agree. Their yeah. price. You go have a look at their price, you know, and I'll just use DT at the moment. Okay? Sure. Lead is 934000 at this point in time, and Wines is sub 800000 Yeah, yeah I don't think there's many points there. Now, does that 150000 or whatever it is on top of a day cost, that yes. picks you up quite a few points. Yeah, it can. But this is why Kane just said value is king. Yeah, there's going to be guys and ebbs and flows in the way the pricing works that are going to be seen as absolutely discounted for what they have done or what they mm. are averaging or what they are capable of averaging. I mean, look at Cam Guthrie, for instance. Yeah, good. Like, shit. I mean, some of his pricing across the board is just ridiculous. Now, if we're absolutely convinced that Geelong's old style is coming back into vogue, then and it's looking good. That, yep. Well, it does, doesn't it? Doesn't that go well for Cam Guthrie then to revisit the scores of last year? Mm-hmm. And and we've seen mid-season game plans change, so you just don't know. And again, this is across the board. It's not super coach. It's not something specific. Super coach MJ, Marcus mm. Bottompelli, he's an absolute super coach stud. Oh, he's gone 120 for multiple years. Yep. I mean, there's no reason why he would be averaging, you know, 20 points less than a lead a game. He's gone 110 and he's had a pretty poor start to the year in that format. Yeah. So, I mean, it's all going to be how your team breaks. Like, yeah. but if your team's already set up for the buy, and I'll just use Dream Team again for an example, sure. if you go, Steel to um, wines this week. It doesn't touch your buy structure. So whatever you had planned already, you can Should just continue same. to go with it. But mm-hmm. it also puts a hundred thousand into your kitty. Yeah. Okay, even with still dropping that, you know, the last two weeks, that value, he you still get a hundred thousand into your kitty, and you can actually utilize that on a Dacos or a Martin or whoever, even a Cornelio. Um, mm-hmm. Whoever you just want to move on for now, you can use that. So it's all going to be, you just got to go through those processes, you know, and I hate saying it, but that's that's what it is. No, like Travis 100%. Boak, think about Travis Boak. Only two weeks ago, he was lying. Last Especially week, he, he sat in forward. <laughs> like yeah, we're, we've we've seen Fantasy Preco talk about his past three weeks. Is He's almost a 50-50 mid-forward split. He may even get forward status. That's how bad it is. Yeah. Like, look at Walsh. I mean, Walsh is an absolute superstar. Yep. His roles change. I think he's almost pushing that forward he, status, you know? I agree. Yeah. You know, Darcy Parrish, absolute gun. At some stages last year, he was the number one mid, like for all formats. 
Mm. Zach like, Merritt's going to be bargain by the time he's coming off the bye. Yeah. And that's so. probably something you want to talk about soon is trying to forecast who's cheap and who's not around the buys. Yeah. But that's another perfect example. Yeah. Zach Merritt. Like, how many of these guys have we had? Don't forget, we should be learning a lesson. We, Josh Kelly, only a few weeks ago, mm. people were jumping off or people were very hesitant to jump on and he's flown. These are the types that we need to have a bit of trust. Tom Stewart's another one who's done pretty recent. Well, like there's no reason not to trust these guys that have done it year in, year out. If they've had a bad start to the year. And I think that's the point, isn't it? You're talking about proven performers in known roles um, and for whatever small variance and reason, you've got to understand the narrative and the reason and the why and the what behind it. But you're right. They're absolutely, I'm curious, Kane, kind of bouncing off that point. You mentioned Josh Kelly and, and the GWS Giants. We do know that whenever teams have a coaching change, we do see a change. Now, this is probably one of the longest stretches of a caretaker coach that we're going to see. He, he's going to get a good 12 games Mark McVeigh as the coach. I think it was Brendan Bolton maybe a couple of seasons ago that was a very similar sort of stretch, and that was a, a little bit different. But they are people looking at someone like a Whitfield or a Canelio to jump off um, and, and being hesitant to trade into Kelly and Taranto. Um, what, what should coaches be doing? Again, I know it's teams are different, buy structures, amount of trades left premiums. I know there's all those variances, but, but if you can give a blanket bit of advice, if you're a Canelio and maybe let's stay with him more so than Whitfield, should we be moving him on? Should we be banking the trust? What should coaches be doing? Cause unfortunately he's got the round to a buy. He's at basement value. He's got actually, he's got more to lose to be honest. Um, I don't know, man. What's your kind of yeah, take? Yeah, well, it's interesting, MJ. It really comes down to, again, the hard thing is with the Giants and the hard thing is with coaching the Giants, I think the reason people get annoyed is all the most of the midfielders, of course, their best position is midfield. But you mm. can't have more than three at the centre bounce. And that's what happens. So yeah. the first thing you've got to think of is, okay, let's look at their midfield. And it's not like McVeigh has just come from another planet. He's already been in the coaching group. So it does surprise me that people think there'd be radical change. Yeah, sure. So I look at the centre bounce. Tom Green, he's staying in the centre Staple. Staple, no question. He's staying in the centre bounce. Kelly, he's getting a nice bite in there. Taranto's getting a nice bite. Mm-hmm. Now, Ash is the one that gets either a ton of midfield minutes in, in the center bounce or is com- often completely out of there. Yeah. So that's a thing. Okay. That's maybe where there would be an opportunity. Is Canelio going to absorb 70% of those? I don't think so. I think the positive with Canelio is he's only had, you know, he's had three scores of his nine that have been, you would say poor 70 sure. or worse in super coach. Now, the thing that makes it a decision, I either think you either move him now or you are holding him all the way through the buys is the break-evens one for Regardless of, yeah. Yeah. And so you're either bounces back and, and yeah, makes you're either just holds. you're either just saying, I'm I'm worried about my cash 
I'm going to get rid of him anyway with these DPPs coming in. Mm -hmm. I just want to just get out of this ride. Maybe I'll save 30 or 40K than what he might his floor at. Sure. And I'm just going to get out and keep moving on. The flip side is fixture. West Coast and North Melbourne are two of his next three. Now, there's a buy in there. Sure. But by the time you've held him through that first buy, you know, he's playing north in round 13. Yeah. By that point, he's pushed out that 34, that, 30, that, 30, that low 30 score, 37. Yeah, 49 in DT and yeah, so, yeah. So he's pushed that out of his three-round average. So he's basically going to start coming back up again if he just does something decent. Like that was an aberration. He gave away two 50s yep. in that game, which killed his super coach. Copped a massive knock. Yep. There is reasons. There is reasons for. for yeah, there's the story. narrative and the story behind the how and the why. Yeah, I don't see personally just with where Stephen is at that he just goes back to being a seventy percent midfielder. Mid. I think yeah, he's the still one ten days. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that's him anymore. I don't think he's asked to do that. I think he's a thirty to forty percent guy. So again, I get it. If you're going to move him anyway and you don't want to wait three weeks for him to start coming back up in price to where he is sure i get why you'd move it and what might come down to is you know what he's got more cash in his head than a nick martin i want to do something with that cash now get a player that i really really want sure Um, obviously the other one is, is whitfield as well you know people say oh we need why isn't whitfield um you know playing half back he did his best work I think with Whitfield, the hard thing has been from a super coach. In, in DT, he actually has been very solid. There hasn't been the big mm. ceiling. No. But he has been a, you know, so consistent. Now, the team performance has really hurt his super coach scoring. And mm-hmm. some of his own ball use has hurt his super coach scoring. Yeah. But Hockey Whitfield has scored in this role he's playing now. When he, when he had his best season, this is the role he played. He yeah, started half forward. He roamed up the ground. Mm-hmm. I think he'll forget. Yes, he had his best season classified as a defender, but what position did he get the next season? He got that's forward. Right. So that's right. it's not so much that for me. It's just this is a guy that's playing in a poor team after mm. putting up big scores in a very good team, which we knew they were for you know five years plus. Sure. And it's hurting him. It's hurting his scaling. He's not getting 10, 15, 20 points on his DT to his super coach. No. Um, so I think... Again, he's at a price where I think, is that really something you want to bother trading with? Like, he's had his crappy score. He's probably going to go back to his, you know, 80s and 90s that he was doing. Uh, yeah. I think he's a guy you just you just ride out. I, I don't think there's going to be no. radical change. If anything, they're just going to be absorbing a nicer fixture. They've had some really tough games. They've it, played yeah, they Melbourne. Have. They've played Sydney. You know, they've played Carlton. Yeah. Like, they've played Frio. Like yeah. they've played a hard fixture so far. So maybe that's just up. what they needed. It might just open up. So um, I get Canelio either way. It probably more depends what you're doing, projecting forward and when you wanted to jump off him. If yeah. it's not this week, I think it has to be um, pretty much in round 15 or maybe in round 14 if you're, if you're really if flush the options. Will you talk yeah. about that fixture? We're there. West Coast this week. Then Brisbane, North Melbourne, Bulldogs, Collingwood, and Hawthorne. That's up until the end of round 16. It, it's 
the Bulldogs game, we know they're a little bit hot and cold. The Lions game is going to be really, really challenging. But even if um, Cogs or Whitfield are playing heavy forward roles, you would back their midfield, their Ruckman, Proust, who's been amazing. Yep, there's your one per podcast um, of a Proust mention, and we're done. We can move forward with that. There's every chance both go 85 to 100 relatively easy without being dominant. So Yeah, but MJ, um, I just want to jump in. Yeah. If I said to you, Canelio, from now to the end of the year and having a look at his draw, mm. will be a top 10 forward from now to the end of the year, it wouldn't surprise, would it? Well, the only reason I would say no is if some big ticket items come in, like Bont and, and Bailey Smith. Yep. But, but with the variables we have, no, he's right yes, now, he's absolutely in the mix. That's why people wouldn't be surprised. Okay? No, I wouldn't be surprised. So he's coming it. into a, a nice area of the um, draw where he's got West Coast and he's got North. Um, North, okay, in his next three games. Now, I know he's got Brisbane in between that, but he's got sure. two reasonably very, very friendly. Yeah. So I think why would you have held on to him for now to trade him whilst he gets those favourable draws, yeah? Yeah. It's the same thing um, with Butters last week. Why yeah. would you hold on to Butters when he had, like, I think it was North, then he's got um, Essendon, Richmond and Gold Coast, you know, in the next period? Yeah. Like, it's a nice draw, like... Well, and it's going maybe too far forward, but you look at the final month for Port Adelaide. Again, this is going really, really far forward. Now it's it's Collingwood, Richmond, Essendon, and Adelaide. And again, no commentary about Richmond from a football team, but from a fantasy perspective, all of those teams will happily let you score well um, with what you're doing. So, But if you look at a Nick Martin, okay, so you've yeah. got Richmond this week, and the same thing can be said like with Butters, you know, sure. what you were just saying. Yep. Then you've got Port Adelaide at Adelaide Oval the next week. And yep. you've got Carlton and St Kilda through the yep. buys. And then and there's an easy one with West two. Coast, but then Sydney, yeah, but Brisbane. You like shouldn't it, be up. holding on to Martin post buys, okay, anyway. No, I agree. So he's, he's done his a job. Fashion cow. He's done his job already. But the thing is, round 13 and 14, when you really want Martin on field, are That's very tough. difficult matchups. Carlton and St Kilda are tough, you know. And he'll be losing money. Against. At that point, and too. By that stage, yeah, he's 100% going to be losing, you know, whether it's 10, 15, 20,000, you know, across the formats. Mm-hmm. You've got to try and gauge um, how they're going to look through the buys as well. So you've got Port, okay, playing Richmond and Essendon, and you've got a Martin playing Carlton and whoever, um, Carlton and St Kilda, sorry. Mm. Um, and then GWS, though, through the buys, have got North Melbourne and Western Bulldogs. Yeah, it's pretty so nice, So at some point it? in time, and then they follow up with Collingwood and Hawthorne directly after the buys. Yeah. So, I mean, really, if if you were going to trade out Canilio, and it's easy to say this now, but as you both know, like... Sure. you. Last the writing week, was on the wall. The week before, you know, yep. th- there's been enough signs over the last week or two that you should have probably traded him by now if you were forecasting the buys in the draws. Sure. Yep. So it's just, and I know that's after the fact, and I know sure. that's hindsight, but I traded him last week in Supercoach just for instance. For that reason. Because, yeah, well, because yeah. if I held him last week, guess what? I can't trade him this week. Because he's got West Coast, he's got North, he's got the Bulldogs, he's got Collingwood, he's got... You've got to run it now, don't you? 
you, you just got to run it now and you just got to go, you know what? You just got to suck eggs and just do it. Now, the other thing is, you might only be 20 or 30 points a game better off going up to someone anyways. Well, so what true. are we talking about? Four, five rounds? So, and what, 100 points? Now, that if other that... trade that you're saving might actually net you more than 100 points by doing that. So don't just get stuck on a one player. Don't be so yeah, it's good focused advice. on one player. Try and work out... You know, do I get a day cost up to, let's say, a Dawson, okay, for instance? Um, Is that a 20, 30-point swing in those four rounds? Mm -hmm. You know, and holding cogs instead of going to a Parker or a Heaney or someone, okay, is that going to net the same amount of points over the next? Because really, Mm. it's not a one-to-one relationship, is it? No. So you just got to be careful. Yeah, that's, that's right. Thing. You, you will make a call, whether it's using a trade on a Canelio or the premium you bring in, and it has an effect for the whole season. If you if you Correct. brought in Jaden Short after round two and you didn't really pay attention to your team and you already had Hewitt, Doherty, Ridley, Whitfield, yeah, you might have some issues come the bars. Mm. Like that's a decision that has an impact. Every bit of value that you can get, you know, 50K might not sound like much. No. You do that three or four times, 150, 200K, you've saved the trade downgrading by getting value. Like that's why it does matter. Because yeah. if you do that a couple of times, all of a sudden you do have the luxury maybe to take a Canelio up to a Bontempelli once he's got his DPP. Yeah. So that's why it's, it's so difficult. Advice. Again, do you want to take the cheaper guy? Do you want to take the top dollar guy? It all comes down to what you think they can do. If, if mm. Callum Mills averages 150, well, he's a bargain well, at that price, amazing. isn't he? Sure. But that's the call you have to make. What, what is Callum Mills going forward? And that's why it's hard when you've got a guy like Jack Steele, isn't it? Because you have so many options. Mm. Especially if you've got a, if you're grabbing a cow, yeah. you can pick anyone in the game. Yeah. So that, that can be quite overwhelming. And obviously often people go, okay, what's my bias? Let's just see what that is. Yeah. But even sometimes MJ... And we've all done it in our fantasy careers. How many times do you pick a player because it helps your buys? You might not love them. You skimp on something, yeah. And then guess what? For the next 10 weeks after the buys, you watch them and you watch the guy that you were leaning towards Mm. and you go, oh, that just hasn't worked out. Because as we always say, 10 weeks post-buy, if that player is 10 points better off, that's 100 points. You might have been forcing it for the buys. I've got to get 20 players. And maybe you pushed out, you know, oh, I got to field a 40 instead of a 50 because I've... Like, sure. Sometimes you make all this effort for the buys. For one week. 19, 20, 20, 21. And it doesn't even serve you any benefit. You, you, you're absolutely bent over backwards to get more than 18. And it didn't do you anything. You should have just... We know every year want. players get an additional rest. It's like, oh, here's our chance, Clubland go. We can get oh, two MJ, weeks break into this guy. Gonna, There's suspension. The heartbreak of my season last year in DT. I was doing Zorko? well. And Zorko got suspended in the box. Yeah. And I yeah. was tight. And I was really tight that round. Yep. Because I lost Zorko. I lost a cow that was meant to be there. And all of a sudden, that plan in all those decisions. Playing, 16 down to 15 playing, players. Yeah. And you got to make a call if you're going to trade them away for what? One week. So 
sometimes you just got to go, you know what? This is the guy I want. Mm. As long as you can, again, as long as you can get to 18 or you think you can get to 18 because we won't know teams and it, no. and it always does rely on chaos. Even if you look mm-hmm. at the best teams, right? How many yep. people do we have on the bench? We've got eight players on the bench. Yep. There's probably two or three more cows in most teams on the field. So we're relying on 11 cows. Now, some of them already be on a buy, but it just some shows dead, how wildly it can, yeah. that's can, be, can swing. And, and we've gone through enough of the season already. Tim English does a hamstring. Yeah. You know, the day teams come in. Yeah. You know, all these little things that we don't know. So it is a long game, but all these little decisions and these little savings and these and timing it up just right, it does have a huge impact on your completed side and it particularly what you've got left in the run home because we yeah. know that when you're playing really well and you've got trades up your sleeve, there will be a Taran Thomas this year. There will be a Jordan Degoe that absolutely fly home. Yeah, They're not even on our radar. We, we couldn't even predict them right now but they will come there will be players that oh you know what i I do want to move isaac heaney who's going at you know maybe a 90 to Mm. this guy that's the degoey that's going at 105 110 and i can take that in for eight weeks on the run home so again think about it think about again end of the day make your call on what is this player going to do from now to end of the season look at their fixture yeah do they have tag games coming up is there Opponents like Port, you know, like Carlton, yeah. that are hard to score against. All the, all those things. And again, the main one I think we always think about is, are they playing in a team that's mm. going to be held to leather until the season's over? Like if I look Correct. at the dogs now. Held to leather the dogs, team. The dogs have got an almighty chase on their hands, even if they lost a couple games, until at least around 18, 19. Yeah, like and even then, be, if they're back in finals race, then they're pushing 100%. for top four. But even yeah, if correct. they lost a couple and it was, they'd be pushing to the end because they can win a lot of games in a row. The yeah. hard thing is, you know, you wouldn't bring in a Tom Mitchell, would you? Knowing what no. Hawthorne's going through, as much no. as we love the numbers, there is some stuff this season that we go, probably not. We know what's happening and we see the trend. So I'm going to go AFL fantasy for one second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, and then I want to talk give you four you names. I, I've got four names here that I do not believe are going to be within 10, 15 points difference from each other between now and to the end of the year and average, okay? Okay. So Callum Mills, for instance, okay, he's currently priced at 118. His season average is 113, mm-hmm. okay? Laird. He's priced at 114. His season mm-hmm. average is 112. Yep. Now, my thing is, okay, now both of them are priced slightly more than what they're averaging. Now, their average is pretty much around where I think they will, you know. Yeah, priced the at their ceiling, you'd say. Yep. You know? Okay. Now, I'm going to throw two names at you just to make it interesting, and I've already mentioned them. Ollie Wines. Now, he's priced at 99, and his average is 99. So, mm. But the thing is, I don't think he's averaging 99 between now to the end of the year. I think he's going at 110, 120. And we all know what happened. He got subbed out of the game a few weeks ago. So I think there's massive upside for Wines, okay? Yep. At this point. And a good fixture coming too. 100%. And the next one is Bontempelli. He's mm. just come off a bike um, arrest a couple of weeks ago. He's priced at 99. Now, there's also an added bonus. His average for the year is 98. We know he started slow. We know he's been playing predominantly forward. 
We know and we'll probably get forward status too. Well, yeah. every chance, but we know that his centre bounce attendances are up. They have spiked a little bit in the last couple of weeks, you know, yep. with a little there's signs there, but I don't think he's averaging hundred between now and the end of the year either. I think he's more up at around that 110 mark. Same yeah, with Lions. So this is what I'm saying. Don't just go out with the flow. Actually have a bit of a look and try and work out who represents value and who's going compare, like compared to what you think they will and who are you going to back in? Because often when you go jumping on the Brayshaws and the Mills and the Lairds who have had decent scores already, yep. they actually come out and have one bad score and that really does you know, hurt their average between now to the end of the year. So you just got to think through it. You've got to think how it fits as well. But that's just what I was sort of suggesting earlier. Yeah, no, I think that's some really good advice. So, so we've talked a lot about, you know, forecasting forward for players and, and hunting for value um, along the way, not overpaying. Yeah, and, and then some Jack Steele guys to look at. I think you've both given some really good advice that's, that's going to help a, a lot of people listening. I'm curious as we look at some of the cash cows, and I want to get to some of our Patreon questions shortly. And again, if you want to become a Patreon supporter of the Coaches Panel for just a couple of bucks a month, you can do it. It helps us do what we do. All the links for that are at coachespanel.tv. But there are some cows that have great job security that are fat and ready to move. There are some cows that people are trading into that probably outside of Greg Clark, who He's already probably gone in AF on the bubble in DT and Supercoach if you don't have him. The only other cow I've got great confidence in, and he's probably a Supercoach buy only, and that's Rory Thompson. Then there's question marks. There's a couple of guys we we expect to see during the year. I'm, I'm alluding to Ned Long, might even play as early as this week. Um, with, with Ward getting a, a rest, we should see Elijah Hollands sooner than later. But again, that Gold Coast team is tracking well. And in a fortnight's time, there is the mid-season draft where a dozen players or so will get brought in. A few years ago, we've got some decent players. Newcomb came in last year. I think Noble came in the year after that at Collingwood. So we do occasionally get some benefit of that. So, so Rids, I'm curious for you, with all this talk of value and trading in and around it, these cows we're trading into over these next six weeks are really important to us. What do we do? How do we look at them? Is it Are we looking at them for the money they make? Are we looking at for the, the premium they're going to get for us via the money on another cow? What should coaches be viewing with these cash cows both now and to come over the next six to eight weeks? So the first thing's first, okay, a lot of these cows are going to be on our ground and we're going to be scoring so the matchups are going to be crucial. Mm. You really, really want your cow playing a good against a nice matchup, okay? A, a friendly draw um, through the buys. So you can actually try and get a 50, 60, 70, 80, which will then hopefully push your score up. Now, the next thing you want to do is job security, MJ. So you've got to work out who's not playing right now, who's likely to come back, Um and I think um, Cleary is the perfect example, okay? Does that mm. mean I saw, I think, Kane, you highlighted that Tim O'Brien's a test this week. Does that yep. mean, is that the one like-for-like -like replacement? Is that what's keeping him out of the team? Is it um, Buku um, Kamas? Yep. Is it like who's keeping him out of the team? Like 
like who's sorry, who's out of the team that's keeping him in the team and giving him this yes. opportunity right now. And what happens in a week or two when he doesn't go as well as what he did last week and kick a few goals? Does he stay in? Like totally. we saw with Morris Rioli Jr., you know, only just recently as last week. Mm. It really does impact your job security. Now, he was the rookie with the best job security in my eyes of last, last week. Last week he was, I agree. And now I'm thinking, well, he's probably one poor performance away from maybe getting dropped up. Well, not so much dropped, more than sub, impacted, whatever it is, because he is one of those types that could easily feel a medical sub and come on for a real impact moment, score, yeah. you know? So the obvious one this week, though, is Greg Clark. Yes. I, I watched um, Melbourne, and Greg Clark was playing very accountable roles on Petrarca and Oliver at times through that game. Mm. Um that's why his possession counts and his like was lower was because he was actually doing roles in that game. They were giving him a bit of experience on some mm. real high-end quality midfielders. Um, I think there's no way in the world that Eagles aren't going to select this kid. So he's oh, got to come in. Absolutely. His job security is through the roof and his scoring potentials there. So he's the guy that you want on your ground in round 11 and around 13, mm. you know, from a rookie perspective to try and boost those, you know, scores up. Mm. So he's not going to play those accountable roles, you know, week in, week out at all. Like, no. so you just, you just got to be very, very cautious because, you know, with one or two games away from the buys starting, you could be trading into a guy that's no longer named. Like, yeah. In when the buys hit, and that's going to really impact you. Suddenly, go you're putting at risk your team to only have 15, 16 scorers if two or three of these guys don't come through. So that's why I'm always hesitant this time of year to go jumping down to a rookie. I'd much mm. rather go to a guy um, like a Coleman or you know where the constable was named. You know, someone around that price point. Yeah. You know, to free up a bit of cash from a um, a fat cow just to see whether you can actually do it. Or as I said before, steal to wines. Like there are opportunities when guys get injured, there are opportunities in the fantasy games to actually free up a bit of cash. Yeah. Can you make so, money without worsening your team kind of thing? Yeah. Well, type scenario. Yeah. Who, who looked good last week that others may not have recognized, you know, like just jumping out on a Friday night was Ed Richards. Like, yeah, he looked excellent. Like, so, I mean, He's one that might jump into Sam Berry continues his run, you know, yeah. um, Darcy Cameron only a couple of weeks ago, you know, he was an obvious guy a couple of yep. weeks ago. Now I'm really cautious to bring him in because I just don't think he makes money and I don't think he scores enough. And he's yeah, got you've two kind of missed the, the boat with four. him now, I think. Well, you've got two out of the next four that are very difficult matchups with the Sean Darcy and Mark Scorn, Max Scorn, Marks, <laughs> Max Scorn. Yeah. So they're very, very difficult assignments. And you may have a Mason Cox playing in the same team as him this week due to Correct. what um, McCray said went. after. Yeah. So, no, it's well, it's not so much beg. It's more just they were smashed out of the um, centre bounce clearances early on. Mm. And he really, really emphasised that in his press um, post-match um, presser the other night. Yeah. So it's just those sort of things you've just got to watch and try and – but there are, there's plenty of guys, mate. Um, your guy over in Adelaide right now. Salido. No, Hately. Hately. 
Hakeley's absolutely playing roles. He's doing the right thing. He's in the centre bounce. He's, yeah. he's starting to score. It's starting like, to click for him, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, it definitely looks it. So, I mean, he might be the guy that we run up through to his buy and then cash out, you know? It's these sort of guys that we've really got to be a little bit creative with. I, I love that. And you're talking about too, you know, Kanan, before we get to our, our Patreon questions, I, I suppose what you've both kind of alluded to, but really want to drill down into is you're both actually talking about creating some room in your side for the variables of things to come. And they could include things such as bottomed out premiums, new DPPs that come into the game in, in a fortnight's time, or as you've mentioned a couple of times, the role change, the coaching adjustment, and all of a sudden there's premiums, you both really are saying give yourself some space for the variance of things to change over the next few weeks. Yeah, absolutely, MJ. That's 100% right. Again, you got to, we've got a couple of gifts with the way things have panned out. You know, we're all hmm. sitting there in a super coach and DT going, oh, Zach Merritt's on my radar off that poor score that will just conveniently roll out right as he comes off his bye. Hmm. Travis Spoke's another one. Maybe even if he doesn't get forward status, if there's a shift back, if that's part of the management of Travis to play forward through a patch, and we saw Ollie Wines play forward through a patch against North, mm. like he's a quality scorer. He's yep. a quality scorer. So we've got to save some places, but also we want to maximize our points on field now and get through the buys, don't we? And that's that's why a lot of people do go you know what, if I'm not going to use the cash, I'm just going to wait for De Koning to get to his buy. Then I can just pick a player and all I'm asking from that player ideally is to play two weeks, especially yeah. if they're coming off their buy, you know, if they're around 12 player that's going to play then, you feel comfortable because as Rid said, you can easily trade in a guy thinking he's going to be there for you and then he gets dropped and you're mm. left really, really short. So it's all balancing what's to come i think there's a bit of uncertainty about the cows next week i think you know cleary probably is in a bit of trouble if tim o'brien's fit as good as he did look yep you know, right. will, will we get ned long that would be one that you know, with that round 14 mid four. have a round 14 exactly with that dpp mj we know people are you know, if you're not a cameron or brody owner you, you might mm. not even have around 14 four, and it's probably only to go and maybe Connor mcdonald are you guys that you're even rolling through there yeah. that, are, that are fieldable? So to have a, a fresh one come in, that would just be something that we'd all jump on. But then again, there's a few games to go before we even get to round 12 and 13 where he might help us. So there's a lot to work through. And again, at the end of the day, we want to be improving our team, don't we, for the run home. We want to make sure we come out of it with a better side than we went in. And ideally, we don't have to do too much after the buys, then maybe fix up a few things as they as they come along. And yeah. I just want to throw in a yeah, please. Okay? Often what it does is if you look and you try to forecast for a few weeks' time, okay. Now, I'm just going to use this as an example. Now, you might go a more risky option on a premium that might be the value in a few weeks' time. And I'm thinking about an Aaron Hall in this instance, okay? Sure. So Aaron Hall, when he's fit and up and going, is the number one defender across the formats, in Kills my it. opinion. Okay? But he's got his injuries. He's got his things that he misses. So in that instance there, 
I think, well, if I'm going to go Aaron Hall and I, if I'm keen on it at that value point, I might not be able to say no, then mm. I'm going to need a McCartan or a Biconning in Supercoach to, to cover, cover you him, through. You know, because there is potential here that we're going to be running out of trades and I'm going to need someone who's got potential for a 70, 80, you know, mm. to cover off Hall for a week or two when he misses. Well, well this so, is the other thing we know with value, isn't it, Ritz? You might say, I'm actually better off going value and running a Whitfield and a Hall across D6 and skimping on the top, top guys and have depth. that depth and have that depth. And you think about this, okay, and we're saying that right now, a Whitfield and a Hall at D6. Mm. Think about 10 weeks ago, MJ, they were D1. we would have had as our D1 options across the formats. Whitfield no and Hall would have been the two. Mm. That's ridiculous, yeah, when you start yeah. thinking through it. Now, I just want to throw out another name. Now, we've got guys like Elliot Yo who might be just too cheap across to a lot of the formats if he comes out and shows something, you know, in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, guys like Jed Anderson, who obviously missed early and everything else, if he starts having that rain, there's a whole heap of players here that will fly home, potentially. Yep. Like, I mean, I... I, I think Zach Merritt's 110 plus across the formats all day, every day. Oh, and he's shown that for years, yeah. You know, I've already mentioned Ollie Wines. But just because guys have gone through that bad run, and this is where I come back to Canelio, okay? Now, mm. on his day, if he gets that mid-time, and I know it's very hard to predict, but we got a new coach. But why guess? Let's just hold him for a couple of weeks and see what actually comes, what eventuates, what's the language that comes from McVeigh. Yeah, because you know what? If you trade him today, and he comes out, and he is in the first rotation, yeah, and he is getting those 60 percent CBAs, and he is, he's going to have an absolute jump in scoring, and you're well, going to have plus the guy. biggest Easy. regret ever trading him at the worst point that you could have, you know, and like. You just got to pay attention to what happens in these cases. Just let's take let's just take one step back for last week. We go before the Carlton game. This is a ninety-five averaging super coach guy across eight games, and the Giants mm. had won two of those games. And those two games that they won, he went one hundred and forty-nine and one hundred and eight. Yeah, exactly. That's his two tons. Now the fixture. West Coast, Brisbane, North, Dogs, Collingwood, Hawthorne. That's your next Coming six. So I, I think they minimum go three and three. Yeah. So in a forward role. Even if the rolls holds. Yeah. Those, there's two biggest scores. Unsurprisingly, in a forward role, we're in wins. Mm. You're at a price now where, as I said, in round 10 and 11, he has his buy, which you've already banked on in your structure. Should be before last week, he wasn't going anywhere because he was a 95 forward, and then he gets north in round 13 to help you through the buys. And by then, that 37 doesn't exist, or that Mm -hmm. high 40 score you mentioned in DT doesn't exist. Again, I think you would be a bit reckless to move him on, You'd, you'd have to be that luxurious in your trades. I don't see, and that's and that's something we've always got to think about, MJ, when we plan our teams. Yeah, this is, is the risk of taking round 12 guys on. You don't, if, when you pick Sicily, your worst scenario was you run him to his buy and you move him. 
Sure. Lil Brody the same. When you get, when you miss on a Cornelio or a Butters or a Ridley or a Whitfield, and, and miss might just be underwhelming. Yeah. Well, you got you got to make a decision. You're either spending a trade just to move them to someone else. You don't have the luxury of picking up an extra score through the buys and timing it like that. So it's always something to remember. If you're going to take a fly on someone, always take a fly on the guy that you can move late or at least in the middle. And that was Crouch yeah. and, and Sarong, wasn't it? At least we said with Sarong, run him to his bye. You got all the options in the world. Crouch, you've got one option. You've got the guys off the round 12. But it's a risk. You know, yep. it's, a, it's always a risk with those guys. And, and yep. again, I think a week ago, you weren't making, you weren't stressed about Cornelio it, at all. It, well, you actually, it's you were it's the inverse of the decision of what Rids is talking about paying up is you're actually trading out at the worst point off the basis of the score. It's the same mindset and thought yeah. process. Just well, in like, Again, that's the thing. If, if you, this is the other thing you've always got to say, evaluate the evaluator. If you listen to a podcast, did the person watch the game? Did they mention mm. that he gave away two fifties at yeah. bad times in the game when Crucial the score moments. was tight? Yeah, scaling was brutal. Did, did they mention those? Did they mention he copped the massive knock. Like all those things that if you watch the game, you'd know you'd and you'd see. see. I just think at this point, if he's named with this matchup, it's at home. It's not even at Optus. It's at Giant Stadium. You give him every chance to prove himself. And if he doesn't, you've only got to wait a few more weeks before that price gets more or less what it is right now. It will swing yeah. back up. Yeah, that's exactly that's right. And that's the thing. Like, if you trade him now, what are you going to do? You can't bring him back yet. No. Well, no. No. Gosh, no. So, I mean, and that's what I was saying before. Like, I mean, the the week to move him was like a week ago, two a weeks week or ago, two. you know? Yeah. Because, like, I mean, the signs have been there, yeah? Like, I mean, he was playing predominantly forward. But well, I mean, I think let's, we let's, had let's flip it though, Rids. Let's flip this yeah, but, If you were a non Cornelio owner and Cornelio plays 50% CBAs against West Coast, what is the first player you want to trade in at about 400K post his buy against buy. Brisbane? Cornelio, 100%. You're going to get Cornelio yeah. at 400. So I always think about that. if Because the emotion is when you have him, you've, you've copped and you've that had the bad score. score. Flip side, everyone's so going, just Whoa. stole my thunder a little bit mm. <laughs> because I was actually going to say that. MJ, I said to you two weeks ago, yeah, that Camilio's mm. actually playing okay football. He looks like he's in a bit of form. He looks fit. He looks everything. Yeah, the midfield time's not there, but that's you know? it. Yeah. But that's only the midfield time that's not there. So what happens is if the midfield time comes now with a change wow. of coach Scores. and you don't own Camilio, you're trading into him from a Martin and making money out of it or, you know, and that's the whole point of it, isn't mm. it? So if you were going to trade out of him, trade out of him a couple of weeks ago, so you can trade back into him after his buy. Right. And the you same know. would go for Whitfield too. If, if non-Whitfield yes. owners yeah, same concept. saw that. And again, especially a Whitfield who's, like I said, the DT is, is fine. It's disappointing what our expectation was, but if he starts getting, if this team starts getting some wins, and again, we've mentioned the fixture enough now for you to know it. Get some wins, you start getting those scaling. Like you mm-hmm. look at the poor players, and, and Wines was a guy like that. When they were losing games early, the DT was more than the SC. Yep. You start getting some wins. The monster ceiling comes back. back. And, you, and the funny thing is, exactly. Wines, 128. 
Supercoach, one fifty in the 150s. Like, yeah. that's the, and that's how Supercoach usually is, isn't it, MJ? It's like a lot yeah. of the time you're sort of neck and neck for a lot of these mids, but it's when you have a good game and a good win, you really 20, 30, 40 point difference, and that's where it sort of separates. So winning is super important, and it makes it really hard, unless you're an Aaron Hall type of role in a poor side and or a Witherden when you're getting the lion share the of volume kickings. of the ball yeah like you've got to understand how the game is scored and whether you like it or not that's how it is scored scoring yep. chains all these sort of things it all matters, yep. it so matters AJ, who's got the highest three round average in super coach right now across the board i can tell are you, you right asking now. me without looking or are you asking i, I think no, without looking, a certain richmond player would be my best guess a forward at richmond okay that's averaging 158 across the board in his last three right. I think I mentioned him but, on the podcast last week. You did mention him. <laughs> but again... I made 83K last week. If you could forecast that, you think about how much money he's made in the last three weeks. And if you can forecast that at his lowest value point... He was 400K I mean, after round six. Uh, and look to at be the fair, draw, we actually, though. Yeah. The draw was and, there. West Coast, Collingwood, Hawthorne, and now this week, Essendon. The draw was there. The draw was definitely there, yeah. They were all winnable games. And this is exactly what Kane's saying. When teams win, they get higher super coach scores. We're talking about a 167, a 184, and a 125 in the last three games. Now, and you know what, are- you know what's scary too, Rids with those? Again, if you watch those games, West Coast, seven goals, five. That Collingwood game. Six Could have one. been two hundreds on that both. Of that, them. Doesn't, that doesn't tell the story. How many out in the fools did he have, or how many mi- like three? He had genuine misses. So he's almost put together three weeks of a couple of two hundreds and a one sixty just by kicking straight. Yeah, correct. and you think about last year, MJ. Who did we all jump on for a little month period? One of your guys <laughs> over in Texan. Adelaide. Yeah, everyone jumped on the Texan over that. But again, yeah. you've got to time it. Yeah, you've yeah. got to get these timings right. Darcy Cameron a few weeks ago, you know. These sort of guys, now, they're not going massive, massive, crazy numbers, but what they no. do is they give you a leg up because they go averaging like an Uber premium when they're priced as a fat rookie, like a Correct. fat cow, you know? And it, when you get on these guys when they're at their lowest point, now, just on Tom Lynch for a sec, mm. round six, he played Melbourne, the Premiers, he scored 44 in Supercoach. There's no way known that you can actually, you just got to take these guys on trust a little bit, you know? Yeah, proven performance. You go, Richmond, they're going to potentially win their next three or four games. They're going to kick goals. There's no real key defenders. It was his 200th against West Coast as well, which you you should have known. Well, but the thing is, it's always good in hindsight, isn't it? And it's hard to predict. And everyone wants a unique, they want a point of difference, don't they? Mm -hmm. But I mean, I was saying to you lads last week, Sam Berry's mid-minutes has been through the roof. I mean, yep. the obvious guy from just last round was Ed Richards. You know, his teammates yep. were looking for him. Well, Ed, Rich, I'll give you another one before. too that we, we missed as well. Why did we not think of a guy, Todd Goldstein, Sherry when out Sherry of the goes team. down Do we know what Sherry... Goldstein's three-round average in Supercoach with no Sherry, 123. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, because, I think um, and, we, we mentioned Goldstein a couple of weeks ago hmm. when Sherry went down, MJ, if you remember. I do. Because um, we were saying he's also got forward status. Like That's you're not him. taking him as your R2. You're taking him as And he's a got forward. the last buy. Correct. These are the type of guys that you want to run through to their buys and then upgrade them to. 
now NAF, the perfect guy right now is Sarong, yeah? 100%. Like, he's got the last buy. He's got a really manageable break even where he's going to make a bit of coin for you. His last two have been 100-100. His last score was 125. He's actually easy to get to from uh, Horn Francis or a Ward. You got know, Collingwood this week, so the matchup's good. Again, I'm I'm not trying to convince people or anything. I'm just saying these are the options that I always look for, and you know I've been looking for these for years. And mm. I don't know when Broadbent was a relevant player. You know, back oh, in a the decade day, ago, mate. I've been doing this for over a decade. Yeah, looking at guys, good stuff. roles, good price, fixtures ripe, tick, tick, tick. Away you go. Yep. So, yeah. But again, like, I mean, these are the types that I'd be encouraging people to look for. Not the... Because you can always go back to the group, think the obvious of... You can go back and get or, the meals. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. you know, you can always do that. That's not a problem. But the thing is... Part of this game is actually playing and exploring and, you know, trying to forecast. And I think that's yeah. the right thing, especially as we know that so much changes before teams on a Thursday night. Rather than falling in love with, this is my one, two, or trade boost trades, it's look at the prospects of possibilities. Look through these things that Kane and Rids are talking about. Of Look at who could be the next Tom Lynch. Who's got that dream fixture of the next month? Who's got that? Who's got this? And see. And then once the information of known teams, then you can pull the trigger with an open mind and not so much, I must get Callum Mills because he's gone. It's pretty simple to me. Yeah, that's exactly right, yeah. I mean, there's another guy that you mentioned on the weekend, Chad Warner. He's Yeah, he's four tons in a row in moment. AFL Fantasy. Yeah. He's absolutely flying at the moment. He's averaging nearly 110 in Supercoach his last three, just for yep. instance. Like, these are the type of guys you want to try and, you know what, I'm going to jump on. Yeah. I'm going to get you know? premium scores at, at a sub-premium price, at, and I'm then going to have freed up cash to improve my team elsewhere in another spot. And these are the types of moves that win it for people. Yes, sometimes you need some rookie roulette to go your way and some captaincy calls, but it's it's the adventurous coaches that have a narrative. They're not careless, but adventurous coaches that see something, that back in that instinct and that decision. And it sometimes it misses and that's okay. It's got to be then, was my logic and reasoning sound? Or, or did I have a flaw in my argument? And that's what we're always trying to teach you here at the coaches panel is know the logic, the reason, and the narrative. And then at the end of the day, luck's got to go your way. So I'm going to throw another one at you because yes, I've got one on the tip of my tongue that I've been wanting to get for a while now. Um, so I'm going to throw out Noah Anderson to you, MJ. Love him. Great. So. Call. His next draw, okay, Western Bulldogs, Hawthorne, North Melbourne, Adelaide, Port, Collingwood, Richmond, Essendon, all the way to finish in on North Melbourne in round 23. Delicious. The Suns draw, these last four, he really only plays Brisbane and Geelong in the last two months of football. That actually looks problematic. Mm. Um, but his last month, West Coast, Hawthorne and North Melbourne, and of course, Geelong, but that's his last month. And they're pushing so, for finals on current form. Now he went a hundred. He went hundred hundred the two games before he missed last. I think he missed mm -hmm. two weeks ago. 
and he came back and had a slightly poorer game in the pouring rain up at the Metricon last week. That's about narrative. Yep. Um, why not? If you're big on jumping on someone who's more like let's whoever, like if it's a lead, same buy round, like he might free up enough cash to get two premiums for two trades rather than like, but again, you've got to try it. And he's one that I'm definitely looking at in dream team this week myself. Like mm. I actually, you know, I've got still, so so he's definitely one that I'm. Well, he's in the mix. Wines, if that fix, you know, who you've mentioned, that's in the mix. It's looking at all those elements. Yeah. Yep. So that's why I'm sort of just throwing it out there. You know, there are guys out there that actually are going to average more than what they're priced at right now, and yep. there is definite signs if you look deep enough to say, yeah, they might go bang. You know. Yeah, I like that. Um, the good news is. I've looked through Phelan, Stephen, Sean, <laughs> Brendan, Sam, Sarah, Dale, Mal, and John. These are just some of our Patreons um, that have dropped questions. And I've gone and while Rids and Kane have been mid-rant, I've gone, oh, I've got to get that question. Oh, wait. They answered that question about Jack Steele. Oh, wait. They answered that question about what the I should rant do has worked, has it? my premiums. MJ? Oh, wait. What should I do with building room for a Greg Clark at MA? Oh, what should I do? So Patreons that ask your question, the good news is the boys answered your questions all the way through these podcasts. I love when you lads do this. We are going to wrap up this episode. Kane, as, my, as always a pleasure, mate. Absolute ripper to have you on there, mate. Thank you, MJ. Appreciate your time. Great to chat with you and Rids as always. Yeah, Rids, as always, mate. We love having you on, man. Always drop some gold for us fantasy coaches. Thank you, my friend. Easy, mate. Easy. Uh, if you want to go and check out any of the other podcasts, uh, you can grab them from Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening to this right now, you can go back and listen to all the others. There's been articles dropping all day, every day this week at coachespanel.tv. I've given you some of my thoughts about who you could target for Jack Steele. The Ultimate Footy DPPs have dropped for you there. We've got the break-evens, a bunch of other stuff. Always great content for you landing at our website, coachespanel.tv. And if you do love what you get from your Coaches Panel right throughout the season, we'd love you to become a Patreon supporter. It helps us do what we do for you every single week. For as little as a couple of bucks a month, not only does it help us give you these podcasts and articles, but also there is a bunch of free rewards depending on the tier you join at. We'd love you to get involved at coachespanel.tv. We hope you have a great week. I hope everything falls your way. And until we chat to you next week, good luck. Yeah.